It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Okay, we are back. Welcome once again to the playground, where the rules we abide by are those of the playground variety. Hmm. <laughs> no cold punches, no soft fouls, uh, etc. Yeah. yeah, no layups. If someone goes into the paint, they're going down. You're getting your butt knocked down, buddy. Yep. 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 Um, yep. My name is Herb, and I'm joined, as always, by my good, somewhat ailing friend, Arik. Hey, man. What's going on, dude? Uh, so, have you been following, so I have not been following the news as closely as in, in times past, mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, what do you I, want to get into? The Tillerson firing? The, uh, what, what you No, got? no. So it's the Cambridge Analytica Facebook stuff. Oh man, crazy. It is crazy. So the. Are you going to delete your account? Well, no, but what I am okay. going to do, and this is why I bring this up, and, uh, is that, um, for both Facebook and Twitter, uh, someone on some article I read about it, pointed out something that I thought was really uh, smart, and that was that there are it's not a binary option between deleting your account and letting them have access to every single thing you've ever done in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. The other choice, and I think this is this is what I'm doing at least for now. This is like a PSA right now. <laughs> is to um, sort of is to remove all content from those sites that is over, say, a year old. Because, like, hmm. who the hell is going back to the comment you made on someone's thing five years ago and being like, ah, this is so insightful. You know what I mean? Like, there's – basically, everyone's living in the last at most year. That's probably honestly a little bit uh, longer back than anyone's actually going. The only value you're seeing from that stuff is, like, when they decide to say, remember on this day 10 years ago you did this or whatever. And, like, really what you're doing is leaving a trail of everything you've ever done and everything you've ever said for – all of these brands and mm-hmm. uh, and whoever to exploit. So there's not a lot of value there for you and tons of value for the people you don't really want to have that uh, information. So uh, I went through recently and... Uh, I, I really hope this is going somewhere. Deleted all of my tweets <laughs> uh-huh. uh, up until this year or last year. And uh, while I was doing that, I went to the settings thing and you can see on Twitter now what it thinks it knows about you. Uh-huh. Like what brands have decided you're about and all that kind of stuff. You can do the same thing on Facebook. And it's really interesting, and I highly recommend people check it out. Because, like, for one thing, it thought I was a baby boomer who's really into, like, both affordable and very expensive cars. You're, <clears throat> you're an old soul. I can see that. Sure. But my favorite thing was that on this list of interests, some of which were quite accurate and some of which were hilariously inaccurate, the final one was literally Zach Lowe. <laughs> and and I just thought that that was amazing. First of all, that he is a Twitter interest is yeah. hilarious. But also, I am absolutely uh, interested in the category of Zach Lowe. It's That's scary how accurate these uh, algorithms can be. Yes, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> you and I, I, if there was a name for, like, low fanboys, we would definitely be those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you listen to uh, his uh, interview with... Uh... Uh, Steve Clifford. I haven't done that one yet. I listened to the Jackie McMullen one, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, yeah. everything he does is wonderful. Right, but that Jackie McMullen one actually kind of tugged at me, especially as they were talking about like the Chris Bosch situation, which is man, cause especially because I just listened to the Simmons thing with Bosch. Uh huh. And so which it's was, like it's, it's very good, which is very very good. But yeah. but to hear Jackie McMullen and Zach Lowe kind of comment on 
the the sort of Chris Bosch's I don't know what the word to use is, but he, where he's at with regards to this, what is probably in all certainty and should be a career-ending situation, um, mm-hmm. and then to have heard Chris himself talk about it, where yeah. he was kind of mixing his like at times he was like yeah you know this is what it is and at times he was like but you never know my play next year and it's like it was just kind of uh intense especially when jackie mcmullen told the story of having told having gotten very intense with chris bosh at one point and being like you know reggie lewis should be alive today and all this kind of stuff and so like it's just really i mean we forget sometimes that that sports are about people and that the people are real and have real things going on in their lives and are not that old and all this other stuff but like it kind of puts it in perspective and you're just like damn like this is a completely different this is not like man lebron's soft or whatever you know what i mean like no this guy has a, a life-threatening condition and yeah. and I, I think what makes it so uh relatable uh is we've all had things in our lives that have sort of gone away in, in some form or another uh uh you know chapters of our lives people in our lives things like that and uh it, it can be really hard to accept. And when you hear Chris Bosch talk and you hear kind of the reports about his attitude towards the situation, he, he doesn't want to like totally close the door, you know, um, yeah. he, he can't, he can't let this go. And you, you really feel for the guy and you can really kind of relate to that, you know? Um, yeah, it's uh it's pretty wild, but thank God that he, uh, is at least so far taking the advice of, yeah. Yeah. I also, that was really interesting where he talked about, um, uh, the financial dangers of trying to maintain uh, the level of um, stardom that uh, an NBA player just sort of has. Yeah, was that the one where they talked about how uh, <clears throat> LeBron spends like over a million dollars a year maintaining his body? Well, so that's one thing. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about like, that's mm-hmm. totally, yes, that is insane and incredible. But I'm talking about mm-hmm. like Bosch talking about like going to Prime 112 or whatever it's called, that steakhouse in Miami, like on his own dime. Like, basically, like, having to spend money to try to – or feeling like he needs to spend money to try to remain in the public eye. Oh, sure, yeah. And yeah. to keep up appearances, which if you're not bringing any new money in, first of all, but also you're spending more money because the teams are paying for a lot of that. And, like, you're just, like – it's like the people who are chasing the paparazzi, you mm-hmm. know? And it, it's just, like – and I can totally understand that. If you've been in the center of, of the of the public eye for – God, I mean, some of these people since, you know, middle school, high school, whatever – and and now you know if except when a, something like this makes the rounds, I mean, who's really talking or caring about Chris Bosh? You know, like, yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And I think that could be that could be really uh, hard to deal with. It it um, and you kind of see that in some of the some of the transitions that some celebrities make from being sort of famous to being infamous, right? Um, like Dustin Diamond, exactly. I remember um, that's a great example. I remember. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle talking about this way back when on the Inside the Actor Studio, that it, which is a phenomenal, I think we've even mentioned this before on this podcast, but it is phenomenal and well worth watching. But anyway, um, him talking about how, you know, he's like, you can't become unfamous, but you can become infamous. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that's not a good place to be, right? Like, Yeah, and some people can't really tell the difference. You're uh, Martin Shkreli's. Uh, totally, you're, yeah. You're they're just like Trump's. Tro- <laughs> oh, man. So dark. You just like keep... Uh, it's that dopamine hit, right? And you just find yeah. a way to get it, and uh, and it's it. I think letting go of the, you know, like what one Roman emperor retired, right? 
you know? Yeah. Like, it's just really hard. It's really hard. Well, I'm glad we're, we're on a uh, rocket train to success together so we can keep each other in check. Yeah, we'll keep each, we'll, we'll humanize each other. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> typically, we like to talk a little bit about some non-basketball before we get into it. But, but we, we don't have uh, time. We don't really have time. We missed a week because I am an idiot. Um, let me make sure I'm actually recording. Right yeah, I would now. say don't be hard on yourself, buddy, but you, no, you're, it was really dumb. I really dropped the ball. Um, <laughs> I was really kind of scattered last week. Uh, I had a few things going on, and like a big dummy, I just never hit the record button. And we had uh, what, in hindsight, I think was uh, you, you know just a stone cold playground rules classic. Uh, you know, lost lost the time, uh, and yeah, I, no I do apologize, Ark. I apologize to you. Oh, thanks, buddy. And I apologize to the fans. I'm just sad that everyone out there won't get to hear the incredibly insightful things that mostly you said on that episode. Oh, stop it. <laughs> the, uh, it there was are some things that we don't really need to go over. No. Uh, but um, there's one major story from last week that I would kind of like to rediscuss because sure. I, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, and more stuff has come out since then. Um, other stuff kind of we don't really need to get into because it is uh, – there have been follow-up stories that we can uh, kind of fold into it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Clay Thompson in particular. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that wasn't an article, which even last week was kind of an old story and is now a really old story, but I still feel sort of obligated to bring up, is that we uh, we did pay uh, tribute to Kevin Love and his courage for uh, talking about his uh, his mental health issues and uh, trying to uh, help uh, destigmatize that. And uh, yeah, Demar Derozan as well. That we, what's that? Demar Derozan as well. Demar Derozan as well. Yeah, we we both uh, kind of acknowledged that we thought that that was. Uh, uh, really really impressive and acknowledge that that was sort of difficult for us because especially me because i'm not a, a big fan of, of kevin love as a player but uh, uh i i really respect that and i hope he's okay and i love demar Derozan, and i hope that he's okay yeah i think it's uh, a lot of people uh have now kind of commented on this and and the feedback i've seen has been pretty universally uh, in support which is awesome um i mm-hmm. think one point that uh, was we didn't make last time that I thought was smart that um, I think again Zach Lowe and Jackie McMillan uh, made is that, that there's been a lot of turnover in ownership over the last decade, say, and the the average age of the owners has has come way way down, and that a lot of the old school like rub some dirt on it kind of owners um, are now not a part of the league, and so that is probably helpful in terms of. Um, treating these kinds of problems you know mm-hmm. and, and not kind of like i mean I, I think back to like someone like royce white and I, I mean the rockets worked with him to try to do everything they could but i think it's amazing that that wasn't that long ago and it feels like a hundred a hundred years ago that's what i'm talking yeah. about and i think that uh you know uh, the statistic that they said which i thought was um, kind of eye-popping was uh one in four americans suffer from either depression or anxiety and sure and so why we would assume that nba players are not at least uh, that and I think probably likely to be significantly higher, especially given the uh, economic backgrounds that a lot of NBA players came from and yeah. the stresses that can um, cause some of those problems and, and some of the things they might have experienced in their lives and and, and then just in general the pressures that they deal with today and, and all the time. So I think um, yeah, it was just really great to see that 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 um, sort of high profile stars are are talking about this because it will it will destigmatize it for um, everyone else and and hopefully the the league and I think you know with a commissioner like like Adam Silver, this is one of the things where I expect him to be really uh, proactive uh, uh, because he seems to get this kind of stuff. And so I think that, that hopefully some good things are, are happening. 
yeah, this is this is a, a step in the right direction, and uh, uh, and we can only hope that it grows from here, and that uh, people feel more comfortable because uh, you know nothing exacerbates a condition like that than feeling like you have to keep it a secret that it's a a, a negative quality that you have to keep hidden because if it's discovered, you'll somehow be exposed. Right, and it might and, compromise and, your business interests or your yeah personal yeah, interests if, or whatever. If people can feel more comfortable and that's just sort of see that as just a normal thing, which it is, um, then uh, hopefully, you know, that's not going to cure anyone, but that will hopefully keep uh, some, some guys that are really suffering from uh, alleviate that a little bit. Yeah, and I hope it also will lead us to take another look at sort of the way that we um, praise sort of behavior that in any other sphere of activity we would probably consider psychotic. Sure. Like on the yeah, other side, yeah. you know what I mean. Like on the one side, that's great, but on the other side, like we all like fiendishly regard Michael Jordan's competitive spirit. But by all accounts, he was just a dick bag. Like, yeah, you know, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I have a like I love Michael Jordan. I've written, I, I've written, <laughs> I've read many, or well, I've read uh, my fair share of books about the guy. But part of what's so fascinating is that he's kind of a broken human being. You yeah. Know? Yeah. being so successful in one field. Um, I'll, I'll do a little shout-out right now. If there are any people who like uh, basketball books, uh, When Nothing Else Matters. Uh, uh, I can't remember great. the name of the author. What's that? That's supposed to be great. It is. It's fascinating. Um, it's it's maybe my favorite basketball book that I've read. It's the author is Michael years. Leahy. Thank you. So it's the two years that uh, it's a, a kind of a Washington Wizards beat reporter following the team around for the two years that Jordan was playing on the team. And it's... Uh, Man, it's like it's a nonfiction book, but you feel like you're watching like a Kubrick movie. It's horrifying, and at the center of it is this like a a, a patriarchal figure who is uh, abusing his power and losing his humanity. Uh, it's really fantastic. Well, added to my list. Thank you very much for the wreck. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, the, uh, the, the only story that we, uh, touched on last week, um, that, uh, I'd really like to kind of rediscuss, uh, is these, uh, uh, things that are coming out about Ray Allen's memoir, which is, uh, still forthcoming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously as a, uh, a pretty big Celtics fan and as a, a guy who's had, a complicated relationship with uh, Ray Allen since uh, 2012. Uh, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'd like to talk about it. Do, do you want to rehash this? Can we uh, get into this? Very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ray Allen. Ray Allen, who also was suffering. a hero to you as a member of the Seattle Super Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He has a, uh, he has a memoir coming out, and uh, he's airing a lot of, dirty laundry uh he kind of bashes uh kg a little bit uh although he also i guess in the book says that there's no other team if he had to like do his nba career over again he kg's the first guy that he would choose to play with um so that's sort of a mixed bag but yeah, uh mostly rondo right yeah rondo really seems to get uh, uh a lot of uh uh shade thrown at him um for being petty, for being difficult, for being moody, for uh, overestimating his own contribution to the team. Um, it's uh, it's pretty nasty stuff. Uh, and since then, uh, people asked Rondo uh, what he thought about it. And he said, Alan's just looking for attention. 
he needs the money. And oh, uh, wow. He said if he really needed the money, he should have just asked me to borrow some. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. I, I mean, he, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please. Uh, you know, I think what we kind of we, – we discussed this for a little bit last week, and what we kind of settled on, I think, uh, as far as why we found this so curious is that Ray Allen seemed to have – sort of settled the feud with his former teammates on the Celtics who really resented him for joining the Miami Heat um, for less money after he left the Celtics. Uh, people uh, are have kind of grown uh, sympathetic uh, to that in, in, in Boston, you know, kind of understand that he was just at a different point in his career where he didn't want to be that guy in Boston and he felt a little more comfortable being the you know, off the bench uh, three guy uh, with Miami, and obviously it worked out really well. He hit one of the uh, the most famous iconic shots in the history of Finals basketball. Won a ring, you know, good for him. Um, over the years, uh, he uh, and the other Celtics didn't really seem to get along. And then very recently, uh, uh, on the anniversary of that that championship, uh, it seemed like. Things were kind of uh, uh, becoming amicable, amicable again, and uh, now uh, <clears throat> I imagine that this uh, this book is going to uh, uh, kind of put, put a damper on that. Yeah, especially. Yeah. And then he also we went to he didn't show up for Pierce's uh, retirement thing. Retirement. Instead, yeah. was playing golf. You know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know. Like Ray Allen is just a really weird guy. You know, uh, talk about you know mental. Um, issues like he's obviously uh, he's he's known to be extremely obsessive compulsive, um, and uh, that is something that has has helped fueled his career, but also uh, sort of makes him um, a little curious. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand his motivation. Um, I feel like maybe he thinks he's getting the last word here, and that's you know never the case. Well, no. well, people are still breathing. There's never a last word. No, and, uh, that's a good point. Very well said. Yeah, Rondo is uh, extremely petty, uh, so I can't <laughs> imagine that this is over for him. So, Rondo is extremely petty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love both those guys, and I wouldn't even really say that I have a side in this, but I, I just don't understand why, uh, why Ray is kicking the hornet's nest. You know, you got two rings. Um, you kind of won back the hearts and minds of uh, uh, the fans in Boston, and it seemed like your former teammates uh, were kind of ready to uh, uh, kind of welcome you back into the the fraternity, and now uh, it seems like you've jeopardized all that. For what? I don't know. I can't wait to read the book, though. (laughs) I can't wait for, as I said last week, I can't wait for you to read the book and tell us all about it. (laughs) I I so will. Um, But that was all a week ago. Um, now it is another week. Yeah. And why don't we talk about some stories? <laughs> yeah, why don't we? So, uh, uh, <laughs> every week we say we talk about this team too much, and every week, uh, they're just irresistible. Um, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Is this so great? Yeah, he was on the, uh, uh Road Trippin' podcast where uh, another Cavs guard famously, uh, Raised a lot of eyebrows uh, by claiming that he thought the earth was flat. Um, Clarkson uh, must feel like he has pretty big shoes to feel, Phil, because he doubled down. And it would be hard to say that something is uh, more uh, dumb and silly than believing the earth is flat in 2018. But, man, 
um, why don't we just uh, read read the quote? Um, they were talking about dinosaurs and science, and uh, this is a conversation between Jordan Clarkson and DJ, DJ Montage, who apparently uh, does not believe in dinosaurs. We should preface that DJ Montage apparently does not believe in dinosaurs. Yes, I don't know what that means also to not believe kind of in crazy. dinosaurs, but that's fine. Well, a lot of Christians think that oh, dinosaur bones were, were just put there in the earth to, yeah, to test okay. our faith. Sure. You know? I mean, that's not that outlandish, Eric. I'm not commenting. <laughs> uh, Clarkson said, I, I don't believe in dinosaurs either. Well, no, actually I do. I believe that this is, this is going to get a little crazy. I'm going to take you all a little left on this. Okay, so you all know how we got dogs and stuff, right? <laughs> DJ Montage, right? Yeah, why don't you be montage? I'll be montage, right? Okay. So I think it was bigger people in the world before us, and, like, the dinosaurs were their pets. On a leash? Like a pet? So how big were these people? Oh, you look at a dinosaur, they got to be three times bigger than them. Where are their bones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think that he is joking. Because I just find it so hard to believe that uh, someone so successful can be so ignorant. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, that's a yeah. I are people only three times bigger than dogs? Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the dog. If you're talking yeah. about a husky, yeah, there are some really big dogs. Yeah. Okay, all right. That I think was my on initial average, rate. on average, I would say four times bigger. Yeah. Although we're kind of like on the bigger spectrum of people, right? We're not NBA players, but most people are shorter and way less than us. That is that is true. Uh, so I really wish this were true. Because you wish the, that it was true that dinosaurs were large, were people's large pets. people's pets. Yeah, especially Tyrannosaurus rexes, which were freaking huge, or like that one sea one that's like the biggest thing that's ever existed. Yeah, I don't know the name of that. That's, I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's serious or not. I, I think my gut says that they're all doing what Kyrie was doing, where he's not really trying, he's just trying to, he's basically just trolling, but like in a specifically intentioned way, where he wants you to think about what other things you believe that might actually be as ridiculous as these things. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a very valiant thing. Uh, but I might be giving these people way too much credit. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's it's pretty outlandish. It's pretty funny. Um, in this instance, I did not listen to the podcast itself, so it's hard for me to gauge the level of uh, uh, trollingness. But uh, I I find it very hard to believe that he could think that's true. Um, I also think that dinosaurs would make really bad pets. They don't seem like they're that affectionate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, do you remember? Sorry, do I remember what uh, Adam Silver's comment on what on Kyrie and the flat Earth? No, what did he say? He said Kyrie and I went to the same college. He may have taken some different courses than I did. As he made clear today, he was trying to be provocative and it was effective. I think it was a larger comment on the sort of fake news debate that's going on right now, and it led to a larger discussion. I personally believe the world is round. (laughs) Well said. I just like calling out that they both went to Duke. (laughs) That guy should be a politician. That guy yeah, probably won for really. a year, though. So yes, that's true. I mean, Jordan Clarkson. I think they probably they years, probably though. do the shape of the Earth later on. Well, Clarkson show. went to school for three years. So oh wow, wow. yeah, he's he doesn't believe this. Um, I, I really <laughs> hope that he does, though. 
yeah. But I do think that dinosaurs would make really bad pets. Yeah. Mammals, uh, people seem to like because they're, they project human emotions onto them and find them relatable and find them adorable because they're all really dumb. What's that? How would you even feed your dinosaur pet? Uh, I don't know. Smaller dinosaurs? Yeah, that's, that's disturbing. I mean, they're not all carnivorous, I guess. That's true. Dinosaur chow? Yeah, maybe the... (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Moving on, uh, staying with the Cavs, and on a more somber and serious note, uh, most basketball fans have heard about this, but uh, the Cavs head coach, uh, Tyron Liu, is taking a leave of absence uh, because of health issues, um, reminding many people of what happened to uh, Steve Clifford earlier this year, uh, but uh, in this instance, uh, Liu is, is 16 years younger than uh, Steve Clifford, so... Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty concerning and you just got to hope the guy is okay. Um I can't imagine uh being Ty Lue this year. The the pressure, the scrutiny uh man, it it just uh, you know, you look at these these head coaches in their, you know, expensive suits on the sidelines fraternizing with some of the most famous people in the world, making tons of money and you sometimes think, "Oh, that must be such a great life." And then you look at uh, uh, Ty Lue and what he's been going through this year, even before you knew about his health issues, and it seems like, man, you, what, a, what a difficult, difficult position this poor guy is in, where just everything he does is, seems wrong in the eyes of, of the public at large, you know? Like when they, it's, I think you've uh, said this before, when they win, it's because of LeBron, and when they lose, it's Ty Lue's fault, right? Yeah. Yeah, he um, has an awful job. And yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's hard to complain too much when you're making uh, a lot of money. Um, but that doesn't mean your job doesn't suck. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he does make a lot, a lot, a lot of money, like something like seven million dollars a year. But, um, you know, it's a lot of stress. Uh, and uh, these coaches, I don't know, they just work themselves to death. So I, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I just put everything else aside and I just say, I hope he just takes the time to get actually right uh yeah. and uh and that he comes back you know healthy because at the end of the day you know it, that's just the only thing that really matters it really is you know um no, nothing no no achievement in life is worth uh your your long-term health um steve steve clifford seems to think that this is probably related to his sleep habits which uh, contributed to his health issues. Yeah, not getting enough sleep and not getting consistent sleep over years is extraordinarily um, uh, bad, bad for, for your health. And I mean, and then the stress. I mean, obviously, I'm not comparing Tai Lu to the president, but like every president we've ever had, like looks like a hundred years older when they're done, mm-hmm. just because of lack of sleep and Which a is lot really of fun stress. Trump already looked a hundred years old when he. Got I'm not sure he sleep. will actually age like that because I don't think he cares about anything. But yeah, that's probably true. Uh. <laughs> um, one funny th- this is not to make light of Ty Lue's situation but you know you look at a lot of uh, current coaches who are former players and some of them you know look comically older than when they were players like Doc Rivers the player versus Doc Rivers the coach they look really really different and it's funny when you see video of like Doc Rivers as a player because um, he's so young and bright eyed and adorable Um Ty Lue kind of looks exactly like he did when he was a player. I know, except for like some gray hair. 
Yeah, I know he's only 40, but it's funny. When you look at like the, the picture, the famous picture of Allen Iverson uh, uh, stepping over him in the finals, like it might as well be the same title. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I guess we're not, that's not like really a ton of insight <laughs> on our part. But, uh, get better, uh, Ty Lue. Yeah, we hope he's okay. Um, yeah. You know, um, Ty Lue, get better and uh, talk some sense into Jordan Clarkson. For <laughs> yeah, maybe do a little, little slideshow presentation. One so, uh, <laughs> one story uh, we uh, discussed last week uh, and we can um, talk about a little bit now uh, with this new update. Uh, was uh, Clay Thompson missing some time due to injury. Uh, since then, uh, Draymond Green has suffered a pelvic contusion, which uh, might sound like fun, but it is an injury. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's going to miss some time. So the Warriors now uh, have uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They're four all-stars. Um are all out. Uh, now, we talked about this a little bit off the air because we do not. We don't exclusively talk when we're on this podcast together. No. Um, I think that um, some of these injuries might be a little bit overstated. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the Celtics situation, where the Celtics have Kyrie uh, and James Brown have both recently missed a significant amount of time, and they seem pretty quick that any uh, sign of a slight injury, they seem pretty quick to just kind of just shut guys down for a couple weeks. Um, the Warriors and the Celtics are both locked into the two seed, um, essentially, barring a, a complete disaster. Um, so uh, I think, you know, the NBA would come down pretty hard on any team that said, oh, we're just going to rest our guys. These last 15 games don't matter. Um uh, the NBA obviously doesn't want that, but the reality is for certain teams, uh, these last you know 15 games don't matter, so you might as well just uh, uh, let these guys get rest and get them back fresh for the playoffs. I think we're living in the era where the only thing that matters is the playoffs, and um, I totally understand why. Uh, and the you know that's the only thing that especially teams like the Warriors uh, are going to be judged by, Celtics as well. And so, yeah, I think it makes complete and total sense. I'm hoping that this series of practice of practices all these things that are going on that these teams are doing to kind of avoid the nba's sort of rules on this are going to ultimately lead to a shortening of the season which just it needs to happen like that's just it's the it's the only way the nba can can really meet these teams halfway right you can't just keep saying oh you can't rest your guys fans are coming out to see stars you can't rest your stars yeah they'll just find another way like this to do it yeah. They'll take a tiny injury and turn it into a, you know, and then what? Does the NBA have their own panel of doctors that decide when a person is, re- you know, that just, you're going to veer into some really, really crazy territory. So I think that yeah. it will uh, absolutely precipitate some kind of change. Uh, and I don't know what, but, I, I, you know, the I used to be kind of more of a traditionalist in some of these things. Like, ah, you can't change these things. And I just mm-hmm. don't care like that anymore. I mean, the only sport that feels like maybe you shouldn't change a lot of stuff is baseball. Sure. Um, but yeah. something like basketball where, I mean, they literally didn't even have the three-point line for, like, the first 30 or 40 years the league was around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, once you cross yeah. a boundary like that, it's just nothing else. Like, just change whatever no, you want. It's, like, it's absolutely true. Like, the NBA has been 
more than willing to make adjustments to improve the overall quality of the game. And if you're looking at the current situation, um, the season is too long. Uh, yeah, it just is. And there's ways to make up the money. And everyone is injured at the end of the year, and it really just comes down to the severity of it. Um, I, you know, just spread the games out a little bit more. Make, uh, give them, you know, just lop off, some, lop, lop off some games. I don't know what the term is, but yeah, just reduce the number of games, uh, increase the number of time between games, and uh, the overall quality of the product will be much better. You know. Yeah. 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 And then you know, there's some other things they could do to make more of the games matter or whatever. But like, honestly, just. It's a grind. It's just a grind, and degrinding it in some ways will probably <laughs> like that. <laughs> but that'll probably you know make a difference. We'll see what happens. It's just, but... This time of the year is always so weird in the NBA because you have teams that are playing for their lives, like a lot of the teams in the West right now that are are vying for playoff spots, and then you you have teams that are playing for their lottery odds that are trying aggressively hard to lose their games and then you have these teams at the very top where it doesn't really matter you know yeah at this point i mean the raptors are just playing with a, a purpose right now because i think they just they just want to show to the rest of the league that they're for real but they don't really have anything to play for houston and golden state like i guess golden state could maybe catch up to houston but i don't think no. houston's too worried about that right now um yeah. like i said golden state and Boston are basically locked into the two seeds. Um, you know, you just have, you know, 30 teams in the league uh, with like maybe four different sets of motivation as far as what they're going through right now. And it makes for some really weird games and it makes for some really uncompelling games. You know, the, the kind of the end of the season is broken, you know, so. Um, Not I, to mention I would the hope... fact that those different motivations are don't, don't exist in isolation, right? So when a team like the Hawks, or the Magic, you know, one of these teams that are trying to some degree to lose their games, plays a team like the Pistons or the Hornets or the Bucks or trying to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. Right? And then that's those that can something like that schedule at that point, which is determined before anyone knows which teams are going to be in what position, can determine whether a team is the 8th seed or the 10th seed. Right. Yeah, and they just like you know stuff like that, and then and even then, and then the teams at the top as well. So if you're playing Golden State right now, you have a much better chance of winning. It's very true. It's really weird. Um, Phil Simmons was talking about this a little bit on his podcast, and he actually made a pretty uh, uh, great point um, that the NBA wants to get gambling gambling legalized so that yeah. it can yeah. so it can profit off of that. <clears throat> And uh, one of the, you know, one of the kind of conflicts with the current NBA and that is, is if you look at this time of year and you look at the sort of metagame that teams are playing, it, 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 really, uh, it really kind of conflicts in, uh, with the, the best interests of gambling and doing that all above board. So if, if the NBA really does want to do that, and maybe that's one of the ways that they can make up some revenue, they, they really need to address the, the mess that is the end of the season. Now. Yeah. There are still games to look forward to, and there are still really entertaining games. I don't know if you saw any of the Thunder Celtics game yesterday, but it was a doozy. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, the, this this part of the season is just kind of like you know, I would never, in good faith, I mean I'm not a gambler anyway, um, but uh, I wouldn't in, in good faith gamble on any game at this time of year um, because it's no, it's don't know. the risk is so crazy high. 
Yeah. Crazy High Risk. That should have been the name of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. it'll be the name of this episode. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll probably you'll, not. Probably not. Not that, funny. not that funny. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, uh, hang on. Let me put on my oven mitts because I want to be really, really careful uh, talking about this. But it's just uh, it is really bizarre, uh, especially considering this team's history. Um, uh, and ex Hawks worker is suing the team for discrimination against white employees. Yeah. Man. Um I am fairly sure that whiteness in quotes is not a protected class. So when you sue for discrimination against an employer, there are certain classes of reasons why you can charge discrimination. Um, Are you looking at the article, by the way? Yes. How much does the Hawks logo in the picture look like the uh, U.S. Post Office logo? <laughs> well, thank you for disrupting my very like, I can't carefully see else right now. worded. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little nervous talking about this. Go on. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't actually think that uh, this is a – I think much like James Damore and the Google stuff, I think this is – not actually a lawsuit that can have any um, merit if on the just on the basis of the information that is written here. Now that I haven't read the complaint, right? Mm-hmm. But the 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 um, if you're saying what this article says that this woman is claiming, then I do not believe that that is a. Um, and I'm I am not a lawyer, as the saying goes. But I do not believe that is a um, protected class that you can actually claim you were fired because of. But I could be wrong. Now, um, either way, yeah, I don't know what to say about this. I just want to like the, the sigh. Hawks, the Hawks are on. only a few years out on having almost the exact uh, opposite story. Right? Yeah, yeah, in in a much more tangible way. Like I've I read through the article and a lot of the things uh, this woman is saying are things that seem like they are uh, sort of perceived disadvantages uh, that she's going through and not necessarily uh, things like having the owner uh, send out mass emails that are extremely racist. Um, uh, I, 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 man, um, we don't know what happened but I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at I find it uh, extremely extremely dubious and uh, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll be interested to see where this goes. But uh, it's man, it takes a it takes a lot of self confidence. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want to beat this lady. Um, I mean, it sounds like she had a bad time <laughs> working for the Hawks, but, uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, I, we don't know what happened, but it's really, really hard to believe this. And you do make a good point that whiteness is not a protected class. Um, some people in this country might say that that's 
one of the many hypocritical uh, hypocrisies of the current age. Uh, but I don't believe that. I don't think that whiteness should be a protected class. And uh, um, I think that this all, uh, if I'm being completely honest, just sounds a little silly. And uh, yeah. Well, especially if you read into the details where apparently she she said that the... So I'm reading from the article on agc.com. Uh, Klein said the organization ignored her complaints and instead unfairly scrutinized her work and impeded her ability to do her job, often gossiping and ridiculing her. The lawsuit also alleges white coworkers were told not to speak with Klein or they could lose their job. The Hawks fired Klein in March 2017, three weeks after a final written warning regarding her conduct and performance. According to the lawsuit, Klein, who said she had never been written up before, claims she repeatedly asked for ways she could improve, but was ignored. Uh, She also says that that the uh, external affairs director, David Lee, not David Lee, the former player, this is another David Lee, would make uh, dismissive was dismissive and exclusionary towards white employees and would often make jokes about white culture. Um, he's probably dismissive and exclusionary towards... I mean, when you're uh, when you're excluded and being dismissed, you feel like it's not your fault, um, usually. So I find that a little suspicious. As far as making jokes about white culture, uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I can't remember a job that I've had, even... Even when I've worked with only white people, which has been many of my jobs, especially when I lived in New England, uh, where we didn't make fun of white culture. I, I mean, we're kind of asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I mean, to me, listen, this will be decided in the, by the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Uh, no, actually, it was already dismissed at that level. So she filed an employment discrimination charge with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and they dismissed it. So we will see what happens. We will, the courts will decide. But I right now it doesn't pass the smell test to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. And uh, you know, uh, I really hope that uh, no one uh, is offended by what we're saying or or think that we take any kind of workplace harassment uh, uh, lightly. But no, absolutely not. Just, no sounds ridiculous and that's 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 my first read of it and if i'm wrong i apologize but uh it is a story and uh i caught my eye and i just wanted to bring it up uh, yep. despite my better judgment <laughs> we don't shy away from the hard the hard things on this show my friend well here's uh here's something that is a little lighter we got three stories to wrap it up and i think these are all some softballs um Blake Griffin, where is the exact quote? Uh, Griffin, Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons, formerly of the LA Clippers, a man who seems to have fallen off the face of the flat earth, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, is feeling pretty optimistic about next year. He says, uh, this summer we will have a chance to really gel, figure stuff out. I think the ceiling of this team is very, very high. We have a lot of different guys who can do a lot of different things, who can affect the game in a lot of different ways. Getting Reggie Jackson back will be huge. Um, what do you think? First of all, I want to say I think the photo at the top of this is extremely unflattering to Blake. Where he's kind of like 
got his eyes eyes half open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Uh, that's extremely unflattering. I, yeah, I see, see your well, point. Blake's kind of a goofy looking guy, but I I think that uh, they will be better next year. I don't think they'll be very good, and I don't think their ceiling is very very high. I guess it depends on who else. I mean. Is Stan Van Gundy going to be there next year? But um, a lot of people seem to think he won't be. Um, no, and apparently they might hire Chauncey Billups. But the thing that's might you know kind of tip him uh, to getting fired is uh, uh, <laughs> trading for Blake Griffin. I know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, when <laughs> getting Reggie Jackson back will be huge. Griffin said. I mean, I I just think you know it's cool that he believes in his team, and I think that there is some potential there. But you know, Blake Griffin. Maybe the most overpaid, overrated. I mean, he's very, very good, and there was a time period where he was maybe even great. But I mean, for me, it's not even a maybe. When you're when you're talking about max contract guys, he's easily, uh, easily the most overplayed, overpaid player in the NBA. When you're especially when you're looking at the fact that there's four years left on that contract after this year. Yeah, there is no max contract in the current NBA that you would want less than that one. Right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, and I have to say, uh, I find the... Co- I You know, I, I like Blake Griffin, and I do root for him, and I do hope that he's successful in Detroit. But, uh, man, I don't know. But based on, oh, we're going to have mostly the same team, and we're going to add Reggie Jackson, and we're going to figure it out, I don't know about that. Like... Uh, well, also, especially I, if Reggie Jackson and and uh, Andre Drummond are still addicted to this Fortnite game, then I don't think it's going to help much. Well, let's let's save that for the end. But yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing about this article, and you guys should click on the link, is I thought that uh, Andre Drummond had electrolysis on his shoulders to get rid of his uh, extremely dense shoulder hair. Uh, if you look at any photos of him from his rookie season, he looks he looks like a bear. But no, um, he just shaves. He just shaves it, and you can see a lot of shoulder shoulder hair stubble. Yeah, which I love. Andre, be who you are. Go get some. If you're going to do it, either grow it out or get some electrolysis. Do like the Anthony Davis thing. You know, he really leaned into the eyebrow. Be like the shoulder hair guy. You know, but don't do what you're doing now. You're in the middle, and the middle is never the right place to be. Get out of the middle of the road. But imagine all these kids coming to the Little Caesar Arena. With uh, little fake toupees on their shoulders cheering for you. <laughs> I love Andre Drummond. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the Pistons, I think, maybe could be a playoff contender next year. But I also, if I had to bet money right now, I think they'll probably kind of be in a similar situation where they are right now, which is kind of like a lower middle team. Um, I'd be happy to be wrong. But, uh, but uh, yeah, Blake, we'll see. Prove me wrong, Blake. Um, before we get into the uh, back, we'll circle back to the Pistons in a second, but uh, I just saw this and I just want to talk about it because I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the most boring, tedious uh, conversation that happens over and over and over and over in basketball punditry is who is better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Uh, one of the more recent iterations of this conversation took place on NBA TV this week, and uh, Isaiah Thomas said uh, he would take LeBron. He says LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. Um, this is hilarious because Isaiah played at the same time as Michael Jordan, and they hated each other, and Michael Jordan uh, actively sabotaged Isaiah Thomas's career, keeping him off the Olympic team, um, notably, among other things. So... 
It's pretty hard. <laughs> it's pretty hard to take that as an objective statement. <laughs> nice to see that the, some some uh, beefs never get buried. Yeah. He said Jordan would beat you scoring, but this guy beats you at everything else. He rebounds, he assists, he gets everybody involved, and he's bigger, and he's faster, and he's stronger. Um, yeah. Cool. I mean, you could say. I mean, are we? I don't want to. This is this is this is why this thing sucks you in because now I'm like legitimizing. Nope. The whole conversation. Nope. Nope. I, nope. I don't want nope, to. Nope. It's just funny. No, what's funny? It's what's just funny. Good? It's just funny that it's Isaiah. Yeah, it's funny that's Isaiah. Uh, they're both uh, all-time greats, and uh, I'm very happy to leave it at that. Um, read the book on Michael Jordan when nothing else matters um, because it's great. And uh, Isaiah Thomas was also a really fun player. Uh, and it's kind of sad that those two hated each other so much because, uh, you know, um, they sort of remind me of each other in a, in a way, but you know, basketball creates, uh, adversarial feelings. Um, you've, you've watched the documentary hoop dreams, right? Yes. It's uh, one of my, one of my favorite, for those who don't know, it's this, uh, uh, documentary that follows these two, uh, top high school basketball pro- uh, prospects who are living in the inner city in Chicago, uh, during the early to mid '90s, um, and it's uh, fantastic. It's one of the greatest documentaries ever made. And if you're counting documentaries, it's probably the best basketball movie ever made. Um, uh, but one thing that's really interesting is that it takes it takes place over the course of years. And when it starts, all anyone is wearing is Pistons gear and Isaiah Thomas jerseys, and that's who everyone loves. And you kind of slowly see uh, the Jordan stuff seep in to the point by, that by the end. Everyone's wearing Jordan stuff and and Bulls gear. It's uh it's pretty fascinating, you know. You see over the course of I think the documentary is like three hours long, and you see over the course of three hours how over the course of a few years, uh, the the basketball fashions and and the kind of the fandom at large really cha- changes and chases uh, uh the popular team. You know, in the way that you'd see uh four years ago it would have been everyone wearing Heat stuff that are sort of bandwagoners, and now it's all Warriors. Yeah, you can you can watch the who the public teams are change. Over yeah, time. yeah. Also, that's a great documentary. Um, yes. Watch it. Finally, uh, Ark, are you familiar with the game Fortnite? Only from this sort of distance. Okay, so Fortnite is a video game, which is sort of like the Facebook. Uh, to uh, a game called Player Unknown, Unknown Battlegrounds uh, MySpace. Um, it's a emerging subgenre of competitive multiplayer game called a Battle Royale. Um, where uh, And Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was the biggest video game of last year. Uh, it was a phenom made by a small studio... Um, that became extremely, extremely popular. And basically, it's a third-person action game where 100 players parachute onto this island. And you either play uh, every man for themselves or every person for themselves or a team, like I think up to teams of four, um, where you're basically trying to be the last man standing. You, have, you parachute in and you have nothing. And you have to scour the, uh, the battlefield looking for weapons and armor and healing items and things like that. And uh, there's a, a radius that kind of shrinks over the course of the match. Uh, and you have to stay within the radius or, or you, you die. And uh, you just try to be the last man standing. And by the end of the game, the radius is, is, is tiny. 
Um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was extremely popular. Uh, it was a PC only thing up until earlier this fall. Then it got ported to Xbox, and people didn't really like the Xbox version. In the meantime, uh, Epic Games, uh, who are whose biggest success is the Gears of War franchise, um, they made this game called Fortnite, which was a totally different type of game that was kind of failing. And then they just basically patched in a battle royale mode that's uh, mimics uh, uh, in a lot of ways this 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 extremely successful game, and now it has become a phenomenon itself. Uh, Drake was playing it last weekend, and uh, I think a half a million people were watching it live on the internet while he was playing it with a, a famous video game streamer. And now it is infecting uh, the NBA world, where uh, uh, a lot of NBA players love it. Um, even, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Josh Hart, uh, who plays, does he play for the Lakers or Clippers? Josh Hart? Yeah. Uh, he plays for the Lakers. He has custom Fortnite sneakers that he sometimes wears when he plays. This is, this is one of these things that, like, lets me know, like, how... I'm getting older because I find it like I'm sure most of the people listening to this are like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> One of those people is me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, a lot of a lot of people really, really like this game. Uh Terrence Ross, Andre Drummond, uh Josh Hart, uh I mean there's a ton of people on this list. Um yeah, I don't really play these kind of games. Do you? No. <laughs> no. No, I don't. So we're really going to be just so great at talking about this. <laughs> uh, um, no. I've heard of this game, but no, I, it's not the kind of thing I would ever check. I, in fact, I lo- I read about it in the story and was like, man, I have no like no interest in ever playing this. In In our lifetime... We've experienced sort of uh, video game phenoms that have seem, seemingly taken that section of popular culture by storm. Mm. You know, I think one of my uh, earliest memories of that. You know, obviously, uh, like the Nintendo itself, when we were kids, was a phenom. You know, everyone wanted one, but it wasn't yeah. really a game in particular. It was just a Nintendo. Sure. And I remember when I was, in, I guess the first one that kind of passed me by. I remember I was in high school. Pokemon came out. It was never really of interest to me. But no, was, no, we I, we were way too old for Pokemon. Not way too old. Way too old. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was that was an instance where it just seemed like that was the game that everyone cared about for like two years, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty, you know, there was one uh, one of the Call of Duties came out that was all anyone wanted to play. Every game that came out was ripping off Call of Duty. Um, but the point I'm getting to is I don't really remember uh an instance of one of these phenoms like bleeding in to other areas of pop culture as much as this is seemingly bleeding into uh, pokemon go did this pokemon go is a uh, a cell phone game which i is this not a cell phone game you can play it on a cell phone, but people primarily play it on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Oh, okay. See, this is how little I know. Yeah. No, this is like a this is like a sit down. It's like a high powered 
you know, triple uh, A big budget video game where you're shooting guns okay. and, and things like that. Learn something new on every podcast. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Go was obviously like a, a phenom. Uh, it was very popular yeah. uh, for, what, three months? Yeah, something like that. Um, also Gears of War. I mean, you know. But Gears of War was not nearly at the level that this is at. No? I don't know. I don't think so. You're, you seem to be much more plugged into this than me. Yeah, I guess I am a little bit more plugged into this than you are. I think I find it very curious. Um, uh, but um, I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also, you know, not feeling super great. So. You're still a little under the weather. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I guess I would say to those who are still listening and find this of any interest whatsoever that uh, that does not include me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really uh, get it with this game, um, but I haven't played it. Uh, I do like shooters. I occasionally like competitive shooters, but uh, this one, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I'm too old. I don't really get it. Um, you and I are you... about to check out a competitive shooter, I believe. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably need, I don't know. Let me look at my finances. Take your time. Take your time, buddy. Whenever. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, did, you, did you end up beating Mario uh, while you were sick? I know I, you said... Uh, I did beat Mario. Uh, and, uh, but you know, beating Mario is like a one. You're basically opening up a hundredth of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So since then I have not played as much cause I wasn't sick anymore. Uh, and, but I did, I, I think I cleared out, um, one of the, one of the worlds of both, uh, purple coins and, uh, wow. And, and, and moons. And moons. Yeah. That's very impressive. The, one of the early ones, like the, the felt hat one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one's like sort of like, uh. It's only like thirty something. It's like a mini world. No, it's not a mini world. It's a full world, but but it's not a huge world. Our uh, our uh, not our because we are not brothers, but my uh, my <laughs> younger brother, uh, my my honorary brother, your honorary brother. He was really hoping to see you, um, but you were uh, not feeling well, so we missed you. That's a bummer. But we played. Uh, you know, he's married and and has a lot of stuff going on in his life, and he doesn't really have time for video games. Whereas. Uh, I have nothing going on in my life. <laughs> People, it's, it's true. <laughs> this is um, all he's got. Uh, he came over and we said, you know, we had a few days together and I just said, you know, let's just sit on the couch and let you uh, play some of this game. And it was so much fun. Um, he, it took him probably about, I'd say halfway through the second day of investing quite a bit of time into it. Uh, he was better than I ever was at it. And we had a lot of fun. And he did get to beat bowser and see a little bit of that uh, later game stuff uh we we just had an absolute blast uh great 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 video game yeah absolutely a classic yeah already classic. instant classic why don't these nba players play the classics like mario what is this Fortnite <laughs> nonsense they should get into the switch the switch is so perfect for them they could take it with them anywhere <laughs> so. it's so funny you know uh they'll all it's funny players. this era of of culture that we're in where I consider us to have, uh, uh, you know, we, we have some clear differences uh, in, in our tastes and in our habits. But for the most part, you and I uh, are aware of a lot of the same things totally. and enjoy a lot of the same things Definitely. and have, yeah, have a, 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 a shared lexicon, uh, you know, uh, of experience and, yeah. and interest. And that's part of the reason why we're such great friends. Yeah. Um, and 
this uh, this you know the Venn diagram is almost totally overlapping. There's very few things on the outside of the Venn diagram for you and I, especially with you know with pop culture stuff. Yeah, and uh, and whenever there's anything that's outside of that Venn diagram, even even in an instance with you and I, where we're we're so really? close and we have so much common ground, it's very hard to convey I have totally uh, sort of the scale that. of these these phenoms. You know, this, this Fortnite thing to me is fascinating <laughs> and i can tell talking to you you're just like oh whatever it's a video game that some people play um i don't i i feel like that's kind of like a. I, I feel like that's more and more a thing that i notice like if, if it's if it's not in Hello? the direct realm of experience or uh in some way that the, the context can be sort of made clear right away it's it's really hard to communicate the scale of these things does, does that make sense do you see do you see what i'm saying i literally missed every single thing you said because the audio cut out from i'm gonna say something till do you understand what i said oh boy well <laughs> i'll just let uh, i'll just let our listeners contemplate that point and okay. i will encourage you to go back and listen to what i said and think about it and maybe we can open up next week with sounds uh, good with that I'll just listen to the end of the show <laughs> you don't listen to the whole thing do you? I have to. <laughs> oh, that's right. This is the whole advantage of me not editing. Ugh. Yeah. yeah I always tell are. Ark when we hang out and he's like really animated and excited to talk. I'm like, you got to realize, Ark, when we have a conversation, to me it's like we have it twice. <laughs> and I'm sick of you by the time I see you. Well. Um, that's not true. I'm never sick of you. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Well, but anyway, we should wrap this up. We should wrap it up. Uh, I do apologize uh, once again for last week. Uh, it was completely my fault. It was a uh, very careless and easily avoidable mistake, and it's completely on me. And uh, I do apologize. Uh, I also apologize to Arthi, who we were going to bring up this week. And uh, we're just going to put you in the footnotes. <laughs> Hi, Arthi. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> and uh, other than that, yeah, uh, this is such a weird and interesting time of the basketball season. I hope everyone's enjoying it. I hope for you all out there, like me last night with my Celtics, every now and then the team that you're rooting for uh, sort of accidentally has a great game if they're uh, otherwise not motivated uh, to play well every night. Um, yeah, and we'll, uh, we, I promise I will be careful. Um, we're going to put this one up. Uh, hopefully I'll have it edited by tomorrow, and we'll be back next week. We're trying to get regular here for you people because we love you. And we will see you all soon. Thanks for listening. Eric, you're so limp-wristed right now. That's all you got? <laughs> well, I, we forgive you, Herb, for your mistakes. Jeez. You're, yeah. I forgive you for being sick. Yeah. I hope I'm over it soon. This is really boring. Me too. But yeah, um, Eric, I hope you enjoy some basketball. I hope you feel good soon because I miss you, buddy, and I hope we can hang out. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that. Agreed. And I will talk to you later. Bye.